0: As we record this, it is April 20th, I believe, and uh, we have just submitted our taxes, uh, or, or we would have had we not uh, <laughs> been living a complicated international life, as we have mentioned before, um, for which we get an automatic 60-day extension even without application which is kind of nice
1: okay but this is super weird because we have a 60-day extension to file but not a 60-day extension to pay
0: well of course not i mean if they did that then everybody everybody wouldn't just wouldn't pay for as long as the extension was and some people get extension for years by the way just so you know
1: okay i'm just saying like was as i said to you multiple times leading up to this how do we know how much to pay if we have not filed our return yet
0: you know how much to pay based upon how much is being withdrawn from your salary and how much you've uh, paid in advance via the IRS portal given the suggested, um, or there's some technical word for it, uh, quarterly payments, especially for entrepreneurs um, uh, and uh, freelancers who had to do that themselves.
1: But didn't you just guess and basically pay what we paid last year?
0: Yeah, that's considered to be uh, what's what's the word for it? You're, um, a, a, CYA solution. <laughs> CYA. No, C-Y-A the, I-R-S. no there, there's a there's a uh, I don't know, there's a, basically as long as you pay um, within ninety percent of what you paid last year, um, that is considered to be good enough to not get fined. However, you still get have, still are charged interest on any outstanding balance.
1: Okay. Well, so starting
0: from April eighteenth, it was this year because there was a holiday on Monday the seventeenth.
1: Okay. Well, okay. So as long as you make a good faith effort, they won't penalize you, but they will charge you interest if you end up owing more than what you paid. Right. So this- the clock is so- already
0: ticking. And if we owe and don't get a return, or don't get a um, a uh, 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 yeah, a tax return, no, tax... Um, uh, refund. Refund, right. Um, we speak English. <laughs> then um, we will pay some, I don't know, 0.5% interest per month or something.
1: Okay. Well, this is all preparatory to the fact that, despite the fact that we are not pulling in large amounts of money, we have exceedingly complicated finances and taxes, because, as listeners now know, we live an international life. And
0: have for many years. And have for many years. In fact, we still, uh, just this last month, we got a, a <laughs> angry letter <laughs> from a former country of residence claiming that they wanted several thousand euros from us uh, because... Which when is not to
1: suggest that we used to live in Europe or anything, <laughs>
0: <laughs> because uh, our name had not been removed from some particular list, and so suddenly. But we
1: hadn't been getting letters like this for years and years, and then all of a sudden. No, but
0: then, that's because your former employer had rectified something with the administration, and that had gone to this office anyway. bureaucracy. Can we ever solve
1: that? By the way, no, not yet. Okay, so, so we
0: need to tell them that we no longer live in that country.
1: Wanted in multiple countries <laughs> for tax fraud. Okay, so all of which is to say, we have this very complicated tax um, situation. Complicated income, even like our normal like salary stream, is now divided between several countries to accommodate the needs of the institutions that pay for us.
0: Right, and you're a freelancer.
1: And I'm a freelancer. <laughs> and and
0: our, our, our you know child is in uh, in a school. Uh, and there's all just like, it's a ridiculously complicated thing.
1: Yeah. And we have multiple currencies that yeah, we deal with. Yeah, and like we with. get
0: housing paid for. And then like like some things are reimbursed and other things. I mean, it's ridiculous accounting.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous. Which means that we basically sort of gave up as long as we could tell that we weren't in debt.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we try to save a good percentage of our income just Automatically, so that we have plenty to cover, and what we're saving aggressively for retirement.
1: So yeah, I mean, well, okay. So we are going to get to the, actually the disentanglement part, but it was probably is worth backing up and saying that we we started out in our married adult life, well, even before we met each other, without a lot of ready cash. We had good prospects, but for a long time did not have ready cash. We both learned like, to be frugal,
0: and like many people in our generation, um, many tens of thousands of dollars in student debt.
1: Right, which we decided to pay off in a lump sum in our 30s when we had saved a lot for just out of that habit of frugality. We decided getting out of debt was the most important thing. We've sometimes wondered if that was the right choice, but it doesn't matter. We are we are basically debt-free people. And then we turned to aggressive saving and right. retirement um, right. investing and so right. forth. So which
0: means we, uh, since that point, especially, I don't know, it was a decade or so ago when we decided to really uh, double down on our financial responsibility and pay off our debts as well as to start saving aggressively for a um, uh, retirement.
1: Because once you learn the magic of compound interest, you are hooked yes. and you realize less sooner is better than yeah. more and later.
0: I, I confess to, to being a kind of um, uh, geek on these matters and I read, and I but I believe uh, Zara did as well, uh, all of the Blog posts of Mr. Money Mustache.
1: Oh, yes. We discovered FI, right? Financial independence. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, And that was inspirational because as, as people who are in uh, low-income but high-prospect, high-freedom um, enterprises, we want to get our freedom in as many ways as, as we can. Since yeah. um, And one of the main levers we have to do that is taking control over our spending. And that begins with counting, with knowing where the money is going, first of all. So, right. anyway, so. And I we, think
1: just also dispositionally, we have always preferred freedom to stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> and uh, so that also incentivizes frugality, non consumerist mentality as much as possible. Most of our money goes towards eating good quality food and travel. And yeah, that has I a lot to do with our those lifestyle. Are our,
0: our, um, those are our luxuries. I mean, we are.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, otherwise, um...
1: buy new furniture? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Shoes? Who needs shoes?
0: I think the only new furniture we've ever bought has been from Ikea.
1: That's probably true.
0: Yeah. Everything else has been... um,
1: No, no, no. The dining table. We commissioned it.
0: Oh, well, I mean... Okay, but
1: now that we're in our 40s, we have to get like bespoke things from artisans, because that is our conspicuous consumption.
0: But but the wood had been weathering um, in uh, non-climate-controlled conditions for... I'm um, well over a decade. Does that count as new? Mm. I guess we're the first it's person like to wine, buy it. It's like wine though. It's like <laughs>
1: Was okay. Buying a bottle of old wine, you know, never opened. Let's <laughs> say we didn't
0: stuff. go. We didn't go to a a showroom and buy a finished piece of furniture.
1: No, that's true. It was, was just a guy who had a shop with lots of pieces of yeah, in it. Yeah, and it. We and when he chose a piece of like, wood and it said, "That, that looks I like Manitoba, let's get it." <laughs> Basically. <laughs> okay, we're really wandering. <laughs> yeah, off but the track anyway, here. controlling
0: okay. our controlling our um, finances. Really oh, so.
1: I, I remember always going with this. The point being that we were so frugal for so long that when we came to our current position where we both have income like real salaried incomes. Right. we've never both had a salaried income right. at the same time until our current situation for me personally, at least, it was such a relief not to have to nickel and dime and just watch carefully yeah. for everything that I basically was like, OK, you know, I know that I'm not going to be out of control spending. I'm not going to buy large ticket items or be reckless or anything. I know that we're going to have enough. We're going to set up automatic uh, withdrawal on all of our credit cards, which is how we t- tend to pay for things. So we know we're not acc- accumulating any consumer debt. You know, we're still putting all the money into the IRAs and the savings, or whatever, I just don't care. I'm just not going to look for a few years because I just need a break from yeah. This we were hawkish we, <laughs> attention. Yes,
0: yes, we were um, extremely vigilant for quite a number of years, and I remember we each we gave ourselves each, I believe, twenty five.
1: No, it was fifty dollars per quarter spending money.
0: Fifty dollars per quarter. Yes, that meant money. the
1: two of us allotted right. ourselves two hundred dollars spending money for an entire year. Right. That's and, that's how little we right,
0: had. And I and I was so frugal even with that that I saved up for like years to buy a mountain bike
1: yeah or you just wouldn't spend it because you the the things that you tended to like you somehow managed to transmute into things the household needs oh yeah well that's that that. other
0: trick of accounting mental accounting yes
1: end of uh... marriage we had some interesting discussions about that but nonetheless (laughs) um,
0: because of this uh, frugality we do find ourselves in a much more comfortable comfortable position than we were a decade ago um uh, but also, uh, as expenses change and life changes, we also find ourselves um, uh, at a new place where the, the spending uh, and the income have come to meet each other again. And so we've need to had to reevaluate how we control our household and just are vigilant over our household expenses.
1: Yeah, and again, I would say that's also because we sock so much away. <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, in no, no, we're, yeah. we're.
0: I would say we're uh, I'm not complaining um, but we do need again to um, look at things, look at our finances again And we have I have been watching them all along uh, via methods that I discovered by Mr. Money mustache and that financial independence community 10 years ago. So there are two tools in particular that I have used. Uh, And another one, connected one, that we have used forever to do our taxes. Everybody knows of that. We're obviously not doxing ourselves any more than we already have by saying that we pay taxes in the United States, uh, for which we use TurboTax, like everybody or like Mm -hmm. a lot of people. Uh, And that TurboTax is owned by a company called Intuit, which has another product called Mint. Uh, Mint money, Mint something or other. Mm. And uh, that allows you to aggregate all of your accounts your investments, your credit cards, your bank accounts into a single dashboard that lets you get an up-to-the-moment vision of your financial status.
1: Yeah, so it's basically like a dashboard and you link. You have to give permission for it to draw from all of your various bank accounts, investment accounts, retirement accounts, credit cards, so it knows what you're spending, et cetera, et et cetera. And
0: you know what? They provide this service for free.
1: (laughs) I think astute listeners now know where we're going with the disentanglement angle on this because this is not actually an FI podcast. Uh,
0: No. Uh, uh, Yes, so they provide this for free. Uh, Of course, the reason they do that is because that information is valuable to them. Mm. Uh, They are harvesting that data for who knows what. I have not even looked into their privacy policies. Um, Having heard enough recently about other companies, I can just imagine that there's a whole line of both marketers and um, um, as well as um, investing, mining, data mining companies, trying to figure out business strategies and et cetera for future products.
1: But let me remind you of something. I don't know if you remember this. Before we moved to our previous foreign country, way back when, when we were still super duper poor, you discovered Mint then. And you thought it was a good idea, and we signed up for it. And at the time, you had to pay an annual fee to use it. No, that was
0: not Mint. That was not Mint. There was a different product called called Envelopes, which did a similar thing, but it was a paid product, and therefore, um, I'm assuming that it's data... Uh, this use of data was less invasive.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway, I remember we'd already paid the fee. Right. And then like two months later, we got this job offer. Right. And because money was so tight, like I wanted the fee back. And, yeah. and so I actually wrote to the company, which was still small enough. You get a person right. and said, you know, we're moving to another country. We This will not be right. useful to us there. And they actually refunded us the yes. 10 months.
0: Yeah. There was a person to talk to. It was great. Anyway. So. But at the
1: time, I remember feeling, and this this is how they get you, feeling really outraged that you had to pay money for <laughs> Online software because like it's free. It just comes over the internet. How dare they charge? Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, that, so that was envelopes. That's free. right. That wasn't meant. It wasn't uh, meant. Okay. Uh, there are several. I mean, there are a myriad options for doing this kind of stuff. It's pretty standard um, fare. Uh, so different products arise at different price points and different purposes. And there's lots of small business software that's very closely related. I remember when I was a kid, my dad uh, used. Um, Quicken, which was one of the oh, first... Oh, Quicken's still around. Yeah, yeah. Quicken. It, I think that be, maybe it got... Quicken be, has become QuickBooks, I think, for the most part. Or maybe there's still Quicken Financial for Families. or I don't know. There's all kinds of... There's a whole suite of products... Right. Some some of them are free, some of them you pay for, um, some of them are for businesses, some of them are for families, right. some of them are. So for when CPAs. did you
1: start using the free Mint software?
0: I think, but probably wasn't until I read about Mister Bunny Mustache. And you know, up to that point, we our finances were a lot simpler. You know, mm. <laughs> once we started to pay off our debts and start investing, suddenly things got a little more complicated. And then right. I wanted to. Keep a close track on what we were um, spending. So that would be like
1: what eight years ago? Not
0: ten, probably. Ten.
1: Okay. So you've been so you've had the same Mint account for ten years.
0: Yeah, it's actually your Mint account connected to your um, TurboTax account.
1: Oh right, because whenever you sign in, they show Intuit, Mint, TurboTax, right? And they want you to, and then. TurboTax always offers to import whatever you have.
0: Which they can do because it's all there and it's all in format and they've got all kinds of bots in the background doing magic with your data to make it look nice and to give information to whoever their third party partners are.
1: And because freedom dies in convenience, when you have complicated finances and someone else is offering to do it for free to collect all your data, you say, yes, we that say, yeah, sounds well, like a I mean, great idea. We
0: yes, we weren't even thinking about this. And I, I mean, I wasn't thinking about this until a couple that was years point. ago. That's
1: the Right. Yeah, that's the whole point here right. is that never even um, occurred so, to us. I mean, what there, the are several, was. There, are,
0: there are several issues here. Uh, I, I mean, I think, um, uh, obviously, uh, I think th- there's a lot of data going in uh, to mint to Mint and and into these other services um, that they are using and aggregating. And they are um, claiming not to associate them with particular individuals, but you know that they do, right? Um, And we we do have our dashboard, and that has information. And I'm sure um, if even if they're not using it directly to market to us in particular, it's certainly being aggregated and it's certainly stored in an account. And so, for example, um, if anybody... uh, gained access to that they would have a full and transparent um view of all of our transactions anytime we've entered into the official banking system right which means credit cards and banks So we should
1: clarify they'll know what companies we're buying for they will not know the particulars of what we buy Th- but that, that you can guess that
0: pretty clear. I mean, well, a like lot of from that... the grocery
1: store, they're going to guess it's groceries, but they're not going to know what brand of tomato sauce I get.
0: Uh, no, they're not going to know that.
1: If you get a rewards card, but that's a separate issue.
0: Right. So all of this information is now being aggregated um, through Mint. And I don't actually, I've never, I realized I've never even looked at who they're sharing this with. Right. Um, and to be honest, uh, they are doing this via third parties. They don't do this themselves. You have to establish a connection to your financial institution. And for that, they use a service that they call Plaid. Um,
1: I hate dumb internet company <laughs> names. All right, well, moving on.
0: Plaid connects uh, connects these things. And in fact, um, they are a – I just heard this um, within the last week from Michael Bazell. Uh, and his um, privacy in OSINT show, uh, saying that they have actually have been sued for hundreds of millions of dollars for selling customer data.
1: Of course <laughs> they have. Oh, my Lord. <laughs>
0: uh, and even if they haven't been sued for selling it, of course, uh, it's all there on a server somewhere, so it can be breached. And um, if it
1: can be, it will be. That should be one of the basic principles and of the disentanglement podcast. Even though
0: they claim to aggregate the data, um, you leave a unique Data print from right. the stores that you shop at and the times you do it. It would be no problem for anybody with any kind of data and analytical skills to disambiguate. With machine everybody. learning,
1: it takes so few data points to figure out who you are. I don't right. think people have any idea. Yeah, I
0: think a last name and a zip code gets like 98% of people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great. Or something like that. Right, right.
0: Uh, so, um, I'm, we're still in mint, and that's something we need to. Do. I would. I would now. Well,
1: just it came up in the past few weeks because we were working on our taxes, like, and suddenly we went, like, ah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and of course we've used before TurboTax to do our uh, U.S. taxes, and TurboTax is the same thing. I mean, you are giving your data over to this third party. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are storing it, they are processing it, they are aggregating it, they are um, entering the information and um, using, using your user interaction with their website uh, to um, improve their product, um, Uh, and to develop future products. So there's just all kinds of personal information that's going on.
1: Right, and of course, TurboTax was originally a godsend because since I've been freelancing since pretty much the beginning of my working life, Mm. I could never submit, I've never submitted a what is a 1040 easy ever, right. ever. Yeah, <laughs> i've never no. had an easy i think i did
0: when i was in college
1: yeah so so that helped me sort out all the complicated schedule c and yeah, yeah, paying yeah. social security for blah, those of you blah, who blah. are
0: not in the united states american income taxes in particular are incredibly complex i know
1: when we lived in our non-disclosed european uh, country i could do our annual taxes in literally half an hour using a pen on the four pages form that they however if out. you
0: were an employer in that company um you would have incredibly complex taxes okay but i wasn't so
1: anyway <laughs> and so the TurboTax was such a godsend actually this year because our situation is so insanely like, we actually hired an accountant we did hire an accountant
0: yes <laughs> um, because I, we uh after i had a consultation and realized we were probably out of compliance and a few things and um I don't know. We we'll mm-hmm. have just how wanna... to.
1: Now presumably the accountants are highly motivated to keep your data private, but there's also the question of what software right. do they use and how secure are their systems where you haven't even attempted to figure that out. No,
0: I'm sure they're using also using software and that software is often by big, you know, big vendors, maybe Intuit has the, the same thing that they sell to uh, accounting firms uh, and or um, I think I think another big one was one of the, what's one of the big um Big academic um, publishers like LexisNexis or or like uh, data aggregators. I mean, some of these people, Taylor and Francis or whatever, they have like big you know tax software that they create too. So who knows where that information is going? I'm assuming that there's a. A little more um, privacy when we're dealing with an accountant, since they would probably don't want their clients to have data
1: released. Well, and also probably because they they realize that they're highly motivated to keep clients who rather than having them go to software themselves. Right. So, right. all right. So we have not disentangled from no. Mint yet, but we realize we need to. Right. So it seems like the main options are either find different software that's paid and that you have right. better confidence about security and privacy or go back to the old fashioned method of keeping track of your own receipts uh going to the individual dashboards for our right. various accounts right. and kind of creating our own internal accounting system. Right so, so the first thing
0: this is um the first thing that the that I started to reevaluate after looking through our accounts on Mint is that we have I would say probably too many accounts than that is necessary for our situation. I mean I'm not. Like, you mean I, like bank accounts? I, I, I'm not kidding when I say dozens, right? Um, and that includes uh, all the credit cards, and um, includes the bank banking, which we, you know we have now in several countries <laughs> and several currencies, right? And then um, within
1: each bank, we often have several. Yeah, accounts and then there are, of course you also purposes.
0: have cash, right? So when you use right. cash that effectively is an account,
1: right? Um, which so, we had long since gave up keeping track of. Well,
0: we have we have kind of shadow ways of keeping track of it, but um.
1: Yeah, you you're the only one who withdraws and disperses, <laughs> so at least you know you know how much is coming out yeah. though, not necessarily where it's going.
0: Yeah, so that all is incredibly complex actually, and so we do really need a kind of system if we want that kind of complexity. Right. The other option, of course, is to decrease the complexity, um, right, uh, and to make it be quite simple. And I'm inclined at this point more to that direction, um, not just for simplici- simplici- simplicity's sake, but also for privacy's sake, because the more, the fewer. Uh, the fewer fingers you have in the pie, the cleaner it
1: stays. Right. This is also why people should continue to insist on cash as a real option for paying. Actually for yes
0: uh, that we have not used cash for uh, most of our transactions for quite a long time because we are we are also as a result of our interest in the financial independence community and um, I guess optimization of various kinds have been involved in churning credit cards for their rewards. right um, I think we'll talk about that'll we'll talk soon. About but anyway, that's simply to say we have, because of that, have quite a number of credit card accounts that have been opened mm-hmm. um, that we need to keep track of. Um, it's not that complicated, but again, it is some level of complexity. Right. Yeah, so the options for keeping track, of course, Mint is very easy. And there's another one called Personal Capital, which I believe is even more highly recommended by the financial independence community. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, I had both of those, and I, for whatever reason, I decided I would just delete Personal Capital, and but I still have Mint. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and at some point in the near future, I'd like to get rid of that, too. But then we have to have some other options. Right.
1: right. So maybe this is another, also another topic for another time. But a couple of days ago, the light was shining in your eyes in a whole new way. <laughs> and I thought that I was looking particularly nice that day. But it turns out you rediscovered accounting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but your love language is telling me about the things that you've discovered, which you went on to do. With the well, same I level. I just want to say with the same level uh, as, of enthusiasm as Ben Wyatt in the late, great Parks and Recreation...
0: Well, I've been fascinated by accounting since uh, more than 20 years ago. I attended with a, 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 an acquaintance who was a student at the Chicago Business School, it's University of Chicago Business School. And he had an accounting class, and I was just visiting him, and I just went along with him because I thought it was interesting. And actually, I was amazed at how interesting it was.
1: And you have talked about this so much over the years. Well,
0: I- <laughs> I, well, I realize what, to what degree things are controlled by the minute rules that the IRS points out. Mm. Um, and there is, of course, accounting for taxation and for regulation, but there's also taxation for for maximizing— Accounting. For, accounting. Oh, sorry, and, and accounting for maximizing your profits and figuring out where you are as a business. And there's all kinds of arcane um, rules and strategies behind it. And it's actually quite a creative thing, meaning you have to figure out which— category that you're tracking is a valuable number.
1: Yeah, and you suggested the effect of it's not so much the limited liability corporation but even before that the invention of double entry bookkeeping that gave us the world as we know it today. I strongly so su- I Ill.
0: strongly suggest, I uh, suspect that um, quite a lot of the uh, the the quick um, establishment of business and innovation dominance in northwestern Europe and particular stems from that accounting innovation because it allows you to keep very close control over your books to know exactly what your assets and your liabilities are and also because of that to um extend and receive credit uh which on on which almost all commerce is based um gold bugs aside
1: okay good so w- maybe we can come back to uh, uh, personal accounting and bookkeeping right. and how to do that but so so simplify the number of accounts we, right. That's so something we need to sort out yeah, but I'm... also do you have another like software solution for or paper and pencil solution for solving the how we're going to keep track of stuff
0: well I think probably a um for those of, uh, of you who are just beginning or f- uh, for young people I would say probably one of the Best strategies would be to try to remain simple enough that all you need is a simple spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. That would probably be ideal. Okay. Um, however, we're well beyond that point, <laughs> 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 and we, before we get to that point, we have to disentangle ourselves. And so, there are a number of um, there are a number of uh, software options. I don't I don't know the whole gamut here. I mean, there's self self-hosted internet solutions there are there are solutions you pay for that are online that aren't quicken or um, mint there are also a number of pieces of software that you can actually buy the software and it's done locally just stored locally on your machine and in that Mm -hmm. case there's no um, aggregation going on at all it's simply right um, you simply download the data to your machine and then the software does its thing locally Okay. Great. So I believe the two that Michael Bazzell talked about were um, one called GNU Cash, which is um, uh, is that G N U? Yeah, GNU. Like sen- every fifteen year old favorite it's, word. <laughs> it's it's a play on like the open source Linux. GNU, uh, d- don't GNU tell me thing. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to know. Uh, and there's another one that was mentioned. Those for the Mac called um, C C Money S E E Money or something like that. Um, anyway. I the, but um anyway so those are some other those are the options for locally stored information if you use those then you, um, and download the d- data directly from your financial institutions then there's nobody in the middle that's mm-hmm. intercepting it
1: so just to clarify having like a bank account or right. an investment account whose information you access through your internet at right. home your browser right that as long as it has reasonable security and you've done your security side there's no we're not saying any objection to having those accounts or accessing the data that way what we're concerned here is about how using a third party accounting software or aggregate or budgeting software drawing from all these places is both uh more weak links in the system and especially if they're free they are harvesting data metadata about you and about everybody in order yeah, again, to do I don't do even know different. what they're
0: harvesting. I imagine there's rules because it's finances on what they can and cannot do but I'm, I'm, I am I'm just don't at this point trust anybody.
1: Okay, but I just wanted to clarify what we're disentangling yeah. from is not yeah, well, having accounts whose information you access through the it internet. It doesn't
0: matter if you access your bank account information online or not. It exists online. In fact, that's mm. uh, one thing. If you don't have an online online access to your bank account you should actually establish it because if you don't do it somebody can do that in your name
1: oh it's like the unemployment it's like the
0: unemployment office this is kind of a planting your flag strategy so any any potential online account with the financial institution you should definitely create Mm. uh, because that means you are the one who are doing it and not somebody else in your name okay Um, that's a separate question but the point is is if you're if you don't have the third party involved there are fewer places where this is leaking and we know that and it's that an outfit like PayPal is sharing information openly with 600 different vendors. Uh, and who knows how many vendors um, uh, Intuit is sharing its so-called aggregated information with. We just don't know. Right. I don't know. I could probably look it up. Lawyers could look it up. They would probably say and they defend themselves in one way or another. But it just seems for me at this point, knowing what I know, but to be way too much.
1: All right. Well, I think we have just generated way more possibilities than we can clearly recommend at the moment other than simplify, simplify. So I right. think we'll um, probably do some more about financial matters as yeah. we sort them out and start disentangling ourselves.
0: Right. And so my goal in, in the near term is to um, get everything into a local system so that it's in a simple um, a simple spreadsheet or accounting software that we can see things locally and then when I've got that well enough established to get out of, try to get out of Mint and delete Mint, maybe even delete the data um, at least as much as they will be willing to do it. So, And then after that, we'll have to, you know, limp our way forward <laughs> <laughs> without the convenience. And maybe that will force us to towards a simplicity, which will be better for us anyway.
1: That is a stirring conclusion. I like that.
0: All right.